What's up, everybody? It is Jamia Daniels with another episode of First of All, the podcast. Uh, today, we have Renee Henderson, also known as Jubilee. Um, she's a wonderful singer, songwriter, and has a photography company with her wonderful husband, Jake Miles Photography. Um, so we're just going to talk a little bit today about what it means to be a quote-unquote good Christian. So excited to get into that. But first, Renee, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm so good. I'm excited to get into this conversation. But um, yeah, I haven't, uh, I think I've known you for, how many years has this been? Since, since it, It's been like six years? Something like that, I think. You were in um, an acapella group with my husband um, back in college called Mix. And let me tell you something, Mix was the thing to beat back in the day, okay? <laughs> they were filling out crowds. They were getting everybody hyped. They were snatching number ones left and right, internationally known, <laughs> if you so didn't fun. know. That's hilarious. <laughs> what, what was that experience like? It was so fun. We, I think while we were doing it, we didn't know what it was like, like what it was about. We didn't know what we were doing. But... Mm-hmm. I mean, afterwards, I think we changed the face of acapella for real. And I don't say that to sound like proud or prideful, Mm -hmm. but honestly, the game changed after we did whatever we did. For sure. Yeah. I think you guys were so unique just as a unit um, within the dynamics of everything was so different. And like how you guys did stuff, it was always just a level of excellence that was not really matched, even going to other competitions. Of course, I was biased because I was like, you know, my man's in that group. But um, (laughs) you guys were genuinely the best to hit the stage every single time. And it was just, it was such a joy watching you guys um, perform and stuff. And I sometimes miss it. Sometimes I'll go back and listen to the little Edifice um, (laughs) album and I just have my little flashbacks. And I'm just like, this was cute. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) It was awesome. But um, yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. So first we'll start off with a prayer and then we'll get right into it. Sounds good. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this space and opportunity. We thank you for guarding our hearts, minds, and mouths as we indulge in conversation that will touch someone's life. We thank you for focus and grace as we keep you, first of all, glorified. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So what does it mean to be a good Christian? I feel like people oftentimes, especially now, they're always like putting people to a certain standard when they're saying, um, you need to be a good Christian. In order to be a good Christian, you have to be this, you have to be that. Like the, the true definition of Christianity, like if you just go look it up, is a person who believes in Jesus Christ and a person who exemplifies his or her um, life uh, in the teachings of Jesus Christ. And our definition basically is just to be Christ-like. So um, what do you? what is your personal definition of what you think a good Christian is? Yeah, I think that's right on. I think you hit the nail on the head, like, to love people well, to follow Christ's mm-hmm. example is primary, like yeah. to being a good Christian. For sure. Yeah. And I think this year was a an enormous opportunity for Christians to grow not only mm-hmm. in um, ourselves as people, but ourselves as Christians, because you had posted one thing. I'll never forget this. You had posted one thing one day. It was when tr- uh, President Trump uh, had got diagnosed with COVID-19. And I'm telling you, every time I turned around, when I was at work, people were celebrating. They're like, that's what he gets. Like Trump's got 20, or COVID and et cetera, et cetera, you know, high five and celebrating yeah. and stuff. And I have, I remember I saw you because I, I felt guilty because I was one of those people. I'm not even gonna lie. 
<laughs> and <laughs> I had saw your post on Facebook and you were like, you guys, we have to remember to be Christians first. Like we like it's not OK for us to be celebrating anybody's downfall or anybody becoming sick. Like that's not a celebration. Like we need to pray for that person. And I'm like that that was really convicting for me because we forget that like no matter what happens on on this earth, we're responsible for our, our own actions and we're responsible to exemplify what we've been taught in terms of what Christ has done for others. And so that was something that that to me, that is an example of being a quote unquote good Christian. Mm -hmm. But I also don't think that there is just one box for right. for being a good Christian or what that looks like. I think that being Christian is a, a work, a journey. It's a walk. It's not like a standstill moment. It's not like a pedestal or a statue that we're standing on so that people can come and look at us and like see like, oh, she's she's a good Christian. She's perfect. Look, look at how she um, feeds the hungry. Mm. <laughs> look at how she, you know, is clothed in righteousness. But it's it's a journey and it's a walk. And the whole point is for us to bring people on our journey and on our walk with us. And I think that's what what it means to to really be like a quote unquote good Christian, I guess. I agree with that. I think that we get so trapped in not being authentic. Mm -hmm. Like there is such an aesthetic to Christianity that yeah. we try to meet and match. And you can't just like, you don't just arrive at being right. a good Christian. Like it is supposed to take our whole lives. And sometimes I think God intentionally throws things at us to see how we're going to deal with this. How are we going to wrestle with this? Yeah. I know my grandparents' generation, they call it like, God is, they say God is testing you. And if you don't pass this test, you'll get another test that's similar down the road. And I think that that, that growth is something that Christians, we don't talk about enough. Like I was like this at one point and now I'm like this. And next week I might be right back where I was two weeks ago. Exactly. But that's the journey. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a straight, it's not like a straight and narrow walk. It's, there's so many so many things that you have to have to go through and experience and those things aren't to like necessarily, you know, punish or like hurt you, but it's to genuinely make you grow and learn because when you can, when you can learn and be, um, you can be an example to somebody else and be like, I went through this, this and that, and I'm gonna tell you how I got through it. And that's the whole point. It's by, um, you know, by being the word of the lamb and, and the word of your testimony is how you are able to get other people on your journey. And they're like, well, she can do it. I can do it. You know, it, that's the whole point of it. Right. But um, how do you think, quote unquote, good Christians sh should respond to uh, 2020? So like in terms of e really everything, because 2020, I tell you what, has been... <laughs> 2020 has been something else. It's just a mess. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I don't know if God was just like, let me just hit a vacation right quick and then y'all handle it for right now. <laughs> and he just, I have no idea. <laughs> but 2020 has been something else for sure. So like, how do you feel like people should have responded to, um, like for instance, COVID-19? How do you think that Christians should respond to that? I think, I think the Christian, good Christian quote unquote answer is be a good neighbor. Make sure that um, you're thinking about marginalized people like first, but right. I think that the reality is that a lot of us struggled with that. I know I did. I grappled with staying inside and not getting mm -hmm. 
what I needed to get done done or yeah. trying to understand why God would wipe out, you know, yeah. 200,000 people yeah. and then having to grieve that too is like, it's hard. And I think a, a good Christian, quote unquote, I don't even know if I like that phrase, good Christian, right. but <laughs> right. I think of, as believers, we are supposed to grapple and wrestle with God and be like, God, that really sucks. Why did you do that? And then he does reveal that stuff to us in his word. But to be honest, the first couple months of 2020, I was like, listen, right. I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired. Child I'm going to do what I want. And God was like, are you? And I was like, okay, right. well. Never mind. Guess not. Guess not. But it, I grappled with it. And I think we should have. I think everyone yeah. should have struggled with that a little bit. For sure. And this was definitely the year to remind everybody that nobody was exempt at all. Like, nobody was exempt from feeling the pain of this year. Mm. Like there were so many people that um, there were like rich people who really suffered this year with businesses like falling and, you know, getting sick and stuff like that. And there were poor people who were suffering even more because they were losing employment and income and stuff and all of that. And it just was, man, it was just so such a struggle. And on top of that, it just felt like the leadership of this country was not, um, you know, taking, wasn't taking it as seriously as we were hoping that they would. And then on top of everything with COVID-19, then the election was, or excuse me, then all the racial injustice was happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I saw this there. So do you watch This Is Us? I, you know, I started, but you can okay. go ahead. <laughs> okay. So This Is Us literally makes me ugly cry. Every single episode <laughs> never fails. Yeah. Granted, I cried everything. However, <laughs> This is valid <laughs> in how they express. They do a really good job in representing um, what real life looks like for a lot of mm. people. And when they were talking about racial injustice and whatnot, and I'm sorry if this is a spoiler alert, but they did address that with their first um, couple of episodes coming back, like everything that happened this year. Mm. And um, one of the guys that was on there, um, his name is Randall. He is an adopted son and he has two white adopted siblings, or excuse me, two siblings um, for, from his adoptive family. And, you know, his sister was, you know, just crying and like, man, I'm, I feel so bad. I'm so sorry for everything that you're going through. I can't even imagine. And his whole thing was like, listen, I can't console you right now because I'm hurting. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I can't make you feel better about feeling guilty because I'm also going through this as well. And he was expressing to his wife, like, look, I'm not going to have a mental breakdown. I'm not going to have an anxiety attack. I'm not going to have a panic attack. I'm just legitimately sad everything that's happening and I feel like that was such an uh, a realistic representation of how it felt to just go through this entire year like yo I I don't want to fight anymore I don't want to riot I don't want to protest I'm just sad this sucks like this this is just it's so unfortunate everything that's that's happening this year and it's like as Christians we try to remember like the all things work together for the good or you know it's all working in his plan or you know his will and all this stuff and it's like well why why would this be it though? Like, why would there be so much pain? Why would there be so much calamity? Why would there be so much injustice? And we have to remember that God doesn't walk from from our understanding. He doesn't do stuff from how we understand stuff. It doesn't work like that. So like us as Christians had to remember that, yes, this sucks, but will you praise him anyway? 
Like, yes, this is unfortunate, but will you um, spread his word and his gospel anyway? You know what I mean? And that was such a struggle because it was like, yo, I get it. But dang, like this is rough. This is so rough. But like we just have to remember, like it's there's always somebody who has it worse. There's always somebody who's struggling just a little bit more. And um, I think remembering that and just really trying to empathize with that and show people love anyway, um, mm-hmm. when even when they're spitting in your face and calling you out your name and doing this and that, and they're so wrong, it's like showing them the love anyway. That's Christ-like. That's what Christ is, is and that's who Christ is, and that's who he is, and us, that's who we're supposed to be. So yeah. I think, I agree. I think that there's also like, a responsibility to let God do what he does. Right. And I think my husband was talking about, I always forget who God was talking to, but somebody asked God in the Bible, (laughs) um, God, why are you doing these things? And God was like, if I told you and laid it out, you still would not understand. Yeah. I think that that is incredibly important to remember Mm-hmm. That even if God was like, here, this is this is what it the grand plan. We would not get it. We're not right. capable of understanding that. And you you had mentioned that yeah, we remember that somebody has it worse and count your blessings. Right. But also there has I feel like there has to be this hands wide open um, mm-hmm. approach. Like God can take anything and anyone at any mm-hmm. moment. Like He did. Yep. Like he allowed to Job, right? And it's yeah. this, you know, I I struggle with this because I don't like sad things and I hate yeah. grieving and I don't like lament and it's just not my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. But there is always space in the Bible. Like that is, lament is biblical. There's a whole book about it. Lamentations right. is all about lament. And there's mm-hmm. hundreds of Psalms that are just, it's just, God, why? Why, God? Right, right. One of the things that my first lady always says is that you can you can complain to God, like give it to God as raw as it comes because mm-hmm. he can handle it. He's God. And mm-hmm. so I think, yes, part of it is remember my blessings. Yes, someone has it worse. But even, just like you said, even if all this stuff hits the fan, God, you're still sovereign. You're still in control. And I will praise you anyway. And I think that's the power of our faith. Yeah. That's where we get our peace from. Yeah. And that's what sure. the enemy can't steal. Exactly. The joy part of it. Because that wasn't, it wasn't given to us by the enemy. It's not something that we could give ourselves. It's That's a result of trusting in God and believing mm-hmm. in God and wrapping yourself in him is getting that joy. And that's, I think about that a lot too, in terms of like, being like, I don't want to know why because I don't need, I know I won't understand it. I'm never going to get it. So there's no point in me sitting here being like, God, why would you do this? Why would you do that? It is none of my business at the end of the day. I just have to keep it, push it on my side and do what I'm supposed to do because at the end of the day, as long as I stay faithful and I continue to follow his word and his direction and his Mm. steps, I'm not going to fail. Like he's not going to, he's not going to let me, let me fall. And even if I do, then I understand that that's something that he was, if it was something that's not based on my choices, if I know that I'm following him and following his direction and I still fail, then I know that's something that's in his hands and that's not, that mm-hmm. I I can't do anything about it. And that's some, that's so hard to like 
to let go of that um that worry and that panic and that anxiety, especially this year. It's so hard to let go of that. But then once you do, then you're open to receive so much more mm-hmm. like that peace that that you, you finally get when you're just like, all right, God, do you think I'm, I can't like, right. do you think I'm just going to be quiet. I was in my little order. Right, right, right. <laughs> just do you, Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. But it's 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 been it's been rough. <laughs> it has been rough. Yeah. But I mean, I'm I'm interested to see. Because I know it's not going to be like as soon as 2021 20, hits, it's like going to be like a switch. Like, I don't I don't necessarily believe that. I pray that that's what it is. And it's just 2021 just happens to be amazing. I really pray that. But, you know, you just you just never know. But um, when it comes to like how I mean, kind of going into or kind of piggybacking off of the whole racial justice and the election and all of that, what do you think that a Christian's viewpoint should be on forgiveness. I know what mm. Jesus teaches about it, but what do you think um, their viewpoint should be on forgiveness and how that should be um, exemplified? Yeah, that's a really big question, Jamia. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm hidden out here. <laughs> just, you know, straight for the jugular. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to approach this. So I, yeah. a couple years ago, when is is actually what, almost eight years ago, I think, that Trayvon Martin was killed um, or murdered. I was in a Christian organization at school at CU Denver, and um, everyone, all of the white people around me were like on the side of the police, and they were like, God told us to honor our leadership and... Um, God told us to to be forgiving, but like you were saying, with this is us, y'all don't right. understand right. the gravity of this mm-hmm. situation. And I feel like a lot of the Christian um, viewpoint perspective surrounding like racial injustice at the beginning, it really was this idea of reconciliation. Like we will work to amend this thing to fix this thing that we have broken. Mm -hmm. Um, But that ignores all of the things that are systemic, right? So you start hiring black worship leaders for your white congregation and you call it reconciliation. But if y'all are still practicing um, the silencing of black leadership, Mm -hmm. then that's not, that's not justice. And so I think that forgiveness can look a lot of ways for Christians. Mm-hmm. For me, I think forgiveness has had to look like being really honest with myself because for five years there, me and white people were not friends. <laughs> and I had, I wrestled with that with God. I was like, God, I think I hate white people. Forgive wow. me, but I really do. And he was hey. like, I feel that. <laughs> I've been tripping lately. Like, I can't but, <laughs> <be tripping. laughs> and I, But I think God gets it. And so we were talking about how Christianity is this journey and it's not like straight, this straight path. Yeah. And it is this like back and forth and back and forth. And part of my back and forth has been, God, really, what does it look like for me to forgive people well or to love people well when they are? 
causing so much hurt to people Mm -hmm. of color or marginalized individuals. And part of what I've learned from that has been, yeah, like my hands wide open. Like, God, this is yours to control. I'm going to just take my hands off of it. But it's also been that God is a God of justice. Yeah. And he does not let things go unchecked or unseen. Mm-hmm. And I think that reminding myself of that has been really important um, in terms of racial injustice and, and you know, people of color being trampled over by this system. And I think that um, having faith that God um, will handle those people the way they need to be handled, whether it's yeah. now or in eternity, mm-hmm. has helped me and pulled a lot of resentment out of my heart because we can't bear those things. Like part of being a good Christian is what some of the things that you see after you spend time with God are the fruits of the spirit. And they're, what is it like love, um, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of that is the fruit of the spirit. That's what you get when you've been spending time with Jesus and there is no room in there for unforgiveness. There's no room in there for hate. Um, And so I think I had to though, be really honest um, and God worked on that and he's still working on it. Sometimes I'm still like, God, then white people. And he's (laughs) like, listen, (laughs) I got them. You love people. Yeah. And come talk to me when you need to. You know, you have that best friend you call when your husband's acting up. Yeah. Or whomever, right? (laughs) You just need to tell them this person is really acting up. And they're like, okay, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. And I think there's some of that. And then trusting that God is a God who seeks justice, who delivers justice. He doesn't have to seek it, but he delivers it. So for me, that's what forgiveness looks like and I think that for Christians it has to be let me seek God so he can show me how to respond to this situation yeah or else mm-hmm. we act any type of way exactly yeah I I feel that so deep it's <laughs> <laughs> yes, like and I completely get what you're coming from because I'm just like yo what is wrong why how like mm-hmm. it just when you don't even have the words like can you just Jesus please I just, <laughs> but I I, I Lately, I heard a um, or recently I heard a message from Pastor Michael Todd, actually, mm-hmm. and he's in this forgiveness series right now, which has really just been checking me left and right. But um, he was talking about how in Matthew 18 and 21, it's that famous scripture where Peter, it says, then Peter came up to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me mm-hmm. and I forgive him? And he says as many as seven times. And Jesus told him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. And that's something that continues to ring in my head because what Pastor Michael Todd said was it's not about counting up to that 70 times seven. It's about losing count. And Mm. that right there was just something that hit me because it's like also often we like try to keep this tally against other people. Like, you know what? I'm gonna remember that for next time. Like, no, because remember back in 93, you was tripping back then and you tripping now. And so I just want to let you know, you got two more times before it's (laughs) over. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we get so ready to just be, um, you know, at the jugular and be like, you know, you're not going to treat me every kind of way, this, this and that. Right. But it's like, Jesus himself told us like, yo, lose the count. It's not about what they do to you or how Mm -hmm. they treat you because that's going to fall on them. 
how you react and how you respond is what is your responsibility. And that's what's going to fall on you. And with this entire thing, it's very hard and difficult to think about that, to think about all the people who genuinely have no regard for black lives or no regard for like just people in general. And they just they just don't care. And it seems like it's so unfair. But one thing I also remind myself of is that literally not one person who was involved in Jesus' crucifixion was exempt from his from his promise. Oh, one of those people was exempt from the consequences of that sacrifice even though they were the ones who nailed him into literal wood <laughs> and hung him wow. up. Not one of those people did. Was he like, everybody else going to get saved except for them. <laughs> <laughs> like y'all can go. Right. To <laughs> I'm sure they went anyway, but like still like as long as those people <laughs> and he was the ultimate example of that. And it's like, if we want to be Christ-like, we can't forget to be like Christ. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that's something when I think about forgiveness, it's very, very difficult because I have this, uh, I can admit that I have this pride issue and the Lord is really working on me, but it's like something that (laughs) like when people, when people try to do myself wrong or people do the people around me wrong, I go like zero to a hundred, especially when it's people I care about zero to a hundred. But I have to remember that like, number one, I don't know what those people are going through. Number two, it's not my responsibility to um mm. to uh to assign punishment or assign consequence to that person that's not my responsibility and that's not something i can control even though i can think like you know what or like if if like a small matter like if somebody cuts me off on the highway or cuts me off on the street i could be like you know bleep bleep and this this and that but you never know like what if that person's rushing to get to the hospital or like what if that person person just really had like a a really bad day and they're just like you you just never know and that's a small that's a small token of of what happens um, of like a daily experience of practicing that 70 times seven thing. But that's something that rings in my head often. Wow. And it's it's really been checking me this year in terms of like, girl, just let it go. <laughs> like, yeah. Just let it go. But that's it's it's hard, though. It's real hard. And that's the and that's the transformation piece. Like, I don't know yeah. if you could have said that you felt that way. 10 years ago about forgiveness, right? (laughs) Like you, what you just said was I was listening to this sermon. I was talking to God. Mm -hmm. I was checking myself. And now I'm able to have more empathy for these people and able to forgive people. And it's still hard. Yeah. But it gets easier every day. Right. Yeah. And I think that that is just, I know I keep saying this, but I think that is the most important thing. And I'm, I'm basically talking to myself right now, but it has to be, right. God, I'm spending time with you. I'm in your word. I'm reading my Bible. I'm communing yeah. with your spirit. I'm listening to sermons. I'm having spiritual conversations with friends because that's the transformation part. Like I think part of being a good Christian is knowing that you cannot do it by yourself. It's right. not going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. And when you focus on when you keep God as your focal point, mm-hmm. then all the other stuff will automatically just fall away. Like the people yeah. who aren't for you, they're going to they're just going to fall away. The things that aren't for you, the things that aren't like him, things that aren't good for you. If you're keeping focus on him, then all that stuff automatically can't hang because they're not focused. You know can't what I mean? hang. And then they it starts to hang. sit. It doesn't sit right anymore. Exactly. And you start to notice you're listening to, I don't know, Summer Walker, whoever. And you're like, this is not <laughs> sit right anymore 
<laughs> you be feeling like your grandma crunching at every right. uh, every cuss word. You're like, oh lord, why is his mouth so horrible? Right, but there is space for that, and there is time yep. for that. <laughs> right, <laughs> and it's part of the it's part of the growth. It's part of the journey, and I'm honestly I'm here for it. Like I just do. I just feel like that's that's part of being growing up, being an adult, and then being a grown up Christian. Like that's mm-hmm. just that's just what happens. But right. I don't know. It, it's 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 a lot. But I'm excited for this journey and to keep on with this journey because, child, I am not there yet. We None of us there. are. Amen. <laughs> <We get there. laughs> but OK, well, we're kind of at the we're coming to the tail end of it. But I just want to say I really appreciated you coming to have this conversation with me. It was really an eye opener and just kind of a really good reminder of, um, you know, who we are, who we serve and, you know, what we need to be and um, in terms of like how we need to treat each other, how we need to treat ourselves. Um, it's, it was just a really good reminder of that. So I really appreciate you coming and talking to me for a little bit. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was so great. And you were preaching. girl. <laughs> I said, Lord, why are you coming for my neck always? Hey, you know, cause I'll take an offering. Don't play. <laughs> Okay, I'll give you my cash out in my demo right now. Okay. Listen, drop Number it 20. in the description. <laughs> if y'all want to sew, y'all let me know, okay? Sew into this ministry, because that's what it is. Okay, period. We're just doing the Lord's work. That's all. <laughs> period, poo. <laughs> all right, y'all. Well, this was Renee Davis, or excuse me, Renee Henderson, y'all. Renee Davis AKA, Henderson, yep. Come on, hyphenation. Um yes. aka jubilee um make sure you check her out on instagram if you want to go ahead and put in your tags girl go ahead and plug yep i'm on instagram at jubilee renee and our photography page is on instagram at jake miles photography amen won't he do it y'all won't he do it hallelujah all right well i hope that this conversation blessed everybody we'll go ahead and pray out real quick and then we'll head out Um, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this conversation today. We pray that um, someone's eyes were open, that they would find healing um, and joy in this conversation, Lord, and that they would be able to keep you, first of all, glorified. All right, y'all, we will see you in the next episode. Peace. 